watching the Arsenal Man City game as you do um they made a comment like he it was Annie Aluha you know the um mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so she made a comment when she was talking about Saka you know um about his penalty and she was like we know that Saka has a history of a history of penalties and I turned to my boyfriend I was just like is this from the one penalty that he what, missed the at Euros? the Euros and I was like no we it are can't not be. doing this it can't be his history is that there's He's, but he's made off of penalties. But though. that's what I'm saying. Like it's literally a comment that they can make. While we know that Saka has, she should know better. She should know better <laughs> after what she's been through. She should know better after what she's been through. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I was just like, this is it's just like being at work. You make one mistake, and they and will remember it. for the rest of your. Look how many penalties he's put it's in. True. Since. It's true. Crazy. But he's their star boy. It's all good. Anyway, welcome back. Welcome. Another week. Another week. Episode. 34 yes we're doing intros after but um yeah i'm glad you remembered it's been a good week like this week has gone like that it has gone really quickly i feel like we just here the other day literally i feel that way too and the weekend went too quickly for me so quick yeah so i mean i mean happy to be here but the yeah week- <laughs> we did I, on instagram story i did a monday morning like check-in to ask everyone how everyone was feeling about going to work today and the response was not good <laughs> Everybody was like tired, like over it, ready for the four day week. And I'm like, is that just like a Monday feeling? I used to love Mondays. Who love who what? And I don't hate them now, but like isn't I used to Why did you love them? I just feel like, you know, by the time you get to the end of the week, you don't really have any control over really what's gonna happen. But Monday is the really the day where you can decide how your week goes, I think. It's given I love my job. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, just, I love my I job, have to but just stay silent. No, but, because... no, but it is because like, on a Monday, like even whatever happened in the last week, yeah, mm. you can just come in and be like, okay, cool, set your priorities, do what you need to do. Like it's like a fresh start. I'm happy for you. Drink your water. I'm I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> whatever happened last week, if you drank three drops of water, this is the week that you're gonna drink them. You're gonna drink them six cups. I'll think of you next Monday. <laughs> No, but I do. Like I, like I'm not. I didn't love this Monday because I was kind of tired. I didn't sleep very well. Accountability. It's not. I didn't sleep well. I went to bed late. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's different. Yeah, it's different. But yeah, I didn't sleep a lot. So then I was kind of tired. And like today, everyone was just like, it seemed that everyone was going through it. And then I went um, to one of my clients, and I chosen this particular day to go in because that's when most of like the HR team are in. And when I got in, was anybody there? Who goes in on a Monday? No, but they they do. They go in like routinely, like on a Monday. It's like busy, like standing room only. Like you're finding a desk somewhere. Oh, really? I even got in early so that I could secure a desk. And I just thought I'm early. I'm really early. Like you know, I say really early. It was like eight forty, and then nine o'clock rolls on. No one is anyone. No, I was like, oh yeah, no, nine fifteen, nine thirty. There was like four of us, and the team is a it's a decent sized team. And then it was just like a bit of annual leave. People just choose not to come in. And then I just thought I'd rather be at home. Wow. Yeah, I every time I go in on a Monday, it's literally a ghost town. Mm. But I kind of like it. What's the point? Just gets me out of the house, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. How's I mean, your week you been, Because that, that is a bit of a clock watching. You know, some, sometimes yeah. people do a bit of clock watching. When no one's in, you like you were here. You've literally, I've been seeing. People in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's laughs> yeah. How yeah. how's your week been, Lola? Uh, it was good. I can't like I genuinely can't even remember what happened last week. Like it's just a blur. Yeah, it's been fine. Chilled weekend, like 
Yeah, well, I know our podcast is growing, but I found a podcast that I really like. I think it's kind of new. It's nothing to do with HR. It's called Entry Level Mums. And um, I mean, what's it about? Like new mums? Yeah, so it's it's hosted by two mums from what I've gathered. And they just seem to be having just really normal yeah. Candid conversations, yeah, about literally, literally, just about being a mum. And they had um, Ria Allen on. Who's Ria Allen? Oh my gosh, she's a YouTuber. Um, sorry, I'm sure people will know who she is. Yeah, I'm she's hilarious. Really, I'm really bad. At yeah, maybe if I show I you her name, and she's got um two kids, like one's one years old and one's three years old. Is she a mummy blogger? Or she's just a blogger mm. that has kids. Nah, she she started off doing Ria rants. They were called, and then like she got pregnant, so her mommy blogger yeah like her content's kind of like a mix of stuff now but yeah i really really enjoyed it i mean if entry level mums wants to have me on the pod i will gladly go on it or come on this one or come on this one if it, like what, and we'll then do what a work the, they're just talking about normal life but like as in as mums or just, just yeah like as parents and just like their experiences and not making it look and sound perfect yeah because it's not yeah i like that do you know what right now I, over the last couple of weeks i feel like the podcasts are dropping like flies like we've seen like a couple of podcasts get um like decide a couple of podcasts that I listen to decide that they're not going to be running anymore for various reasons mm. and I was actually thinking like I need some new podcasts to listen to like to like fill the space or like you know yeah just so I might I might check it out yeah no it's a good prepare one. myself for the future yeah would it scare me it's not like that kind no of not okay. at all yeah yeah I really enjoyed it um so yeah we we're going back to you know the structure of having some hr news yes in the beginning so it's been a good news week for hr it has it has what do you want to start with um do we go nice or do we go violence let's start nice okay let's talk about dove okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really 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 liked the dove campaign so for anyone who hasn't seen it it's essentially a campaign all about um black women and their crowns so their hair and what is professional what is seen as professional and what isn't seen as professional and in the campaign you can see different black women's hair change from what is seen as professional so like straight bone straight long hair well kept air quotations being used um transition into like dreads uh, afro and just their natural yeah Yeah, just their natural coils which is how it grows out of our heads Mm. um and it was just you know kind of just challenging that narrative of you know what the majority in the UK will see as unkept Mm. versus is it actually unkept or is it just I wasn't sure if it was a UK campaign is it it global I think it's a global campaign or American what's the the crown act where's that from is that that's here I believe I'm sure that's the the push that's the one that's like linked to like the one that the halo code was one yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah I, I love it it's amazing i love it and it's so funny because when you see these things you feel like oh we're past this point because we've been having the conversations about hair discrimination for a very long time especially at work um but it's i don't know if anything has even changed i think there are some people that are a bit more educated but for the most part i definitely think that people would still think that certain hair is unprofessional or even stuff like you know if you wear your hair straight will you be more likely to get compliments like stuff like that you know and 
yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of like stigma attached, and it feels like it's the same as in the workplace and all the stuff that we always hear in schools of like you know little girls coming in. And did you see the one not too long ago where she had a heart plaited into yeah, the side of her head? And what did they say that her head, the hair, has to be tied back and well kept or something? Yeah, I was like, you okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then she got they get sent home from school and just hair policies were so clearly not made to be like with a diverse audience in mind Mm -hmm. telling people they have to have they can't for instance you can't we shouldn't be able to see your scalp hello like (laughs) when i part my hair i want you to see my scalp (laughs) (laughs) like just just stuff like that so yeah i loved it and i love the way they did it it's just like so nicely executed it's like you know yeah i I, I I really enjoyed it do you like the way your hair hair is now Leila? like you've got like you Mm. know your curls and stuff Mm -hmm. do you feel do you feel comfortable going to work like that and would you feel comfortable going to an interview like like that yeah i am now for sure like i don't give a heck now like i go however and i feel like that but it it has taken some time like when i Mm. um i spoke a bit about before i joined the jolly graduate program when i got the offer i was transitioning so i was trying to go out my relaxed ends and then as soon as i got a job i put my hair i just relaxed oh, it. i literally it? Relaxed it. i was like i cannot go there doing up um tiny macy gray like i just couldn't and it's so <laughs> but it's i felt so like i didn't feel guilty about it but i literally like as in the offer dropped i got it i think i put my hair like three days later i was like let me just let me make it easy for myself like i already felt like i was gonna i just already felt i hadn't even been there but i already felt like self-conscious so um, I relaxed my hair and then when I was there when I started to get a bit more confident then I decided to transition that so I did everything like I grew out my hair chopped it off had it afro at work I've done everything now so yeah I'm I'm fine with it now and like I go to interviews with like like big curly wigs and stuff like that mm-hmm. I don't know if it's maybe because we work in HR I feel like it's more it's all right and I also ride that the diversity wave a little bit you know like and also when I do my hair like and it's big it's like even i can't explain it it's like acceptably acceptable afro do you know what i mean i'm not mm. washing my hair and then going with my hair all shrunk even this like it's like oh your hair so blah blah if i was to wash my hair and lay it air dry that's when i'll know if you really like my hair <laughs> if you're really messing with <laughs> if me, you're really messing with me. <laughs> if i wash my hair and lay it air dry no that's when i'm gonna know if you if you f's with it <laughs> So oh, that makes sense. What about you? I didn't really think about hair at mm. all. Like, I is just, your hair natural? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right, it's it straightened curly? now. Hmm? Do you ever wear it curly? Do I ever have my hair out? Is the question yeah. that you should be asking. Would you wear? Do you? Ever I have Afro braids a lot. Weave? Oh yeah, you do. Have yeah, so a lot, yeah. yeah. People on the that watch the pod will know that I have braids a lot. So, but I never felt away. Like I didn't feel, you know. Braids came back into fashion, basically. Yeah, they did. So, I love that for us. Yeah, so when they came back into fashion, I was like, okay, take me back to the nineties. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna rock braids. I never thought, oh, what will anyone think of me because I've mm. got braids? I don't know. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I, I've never really been conscious of what my hair looks like for work. But I think that's because I never have my hair out. Mm. So it's but even braids, like you know, people can feel uncomfortable. Yeah, about like braids. Foy was talking about that, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's true, but I don't know. I just, I just never I felt think away. It, I think part of it is like the environment that you work in as well. Like, I definitely, I actually think in HR it's probably easier. Like, even if you work in a corporate environment or an environment where it's not the norm, I feel like just things are just more acceptable for HR. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like 
the sort of person I am in HR, I'm waiting for you to say something yeah, to yeah. me. <laughs> come, come, say say something. Give, let me get a payout. Let me get and something. And I just feel like in HR as, as well, people are kind of afraid of us. Like, they're afraid to say like they just aren't as reckless because i've worked in hr and outside of hr and i definitely think that people's lips are looser when you're not in hr like even the stuff they yeah of course of course you, they can talk yeah, to you yeah. they make jokes which may not land mm-hmm. but with hr if you know it might not land you're just not gonna try yeah yeah so yeah i'm wait i wait for people to say something but it never really happens so and now you know you get to a point in your career where your cv speaks louder than than your hair what your hair looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah so I definitely think so. I def I do think there's certain things like where I think I don't, I'm just thinking what kind of hair would I not be happy to have or not feel comfortable. I don't know. You know, I've done it all. Like I literally had like buzz cut. Like I had a shortcut with like a little bit on top, high top, whatever I called yeah, it. I think I burst out laughing when you first told me ah! this. No, insert picture. No, it was cute. <laughs> um, so I have had like that. Like you have seen my scalp. Like I remember when I was at Deloitte, I did it. And then one of the partners, he walked past my desk. I really like your hair. And I was just like, really? I was thinking, and even with all the scalp, the scalp on the So now I'm, I'm good with it now. But I know some people still don't feel comfortable. Do you think that um, campaign will actually make an impact where it needs to? I don't think it'll make an impact for the black men and women. And obviously it does include men who it's about. I think it's more about the people who are not in the group who don't, who aren't aware. Yeah. So it's not, I don't think it's going to make it more, make black people more comfortable to wear their hair or not wear their hair. But I think it's going to make, it might help to raise awareness for people who don't even think about it or don't even know it's a thing. Okay, but I don't think someone's gonna see that and think, "Oh yeah, like my hair is professional." Like I think that's what oh, they no, want no, to no. do, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, no, I don't. I do you think that was their intention? I feel like their intention was the opposite. Was for like what you're saying, um, you know, non-black people to look at this and think, ah, Maybe. and check their bias. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all over LinkedIn, so they they are seeing it. Yeah, they they are, they are. And even like, you know, I mentioned the there's like some lady who started the Halo Code. I think mm-hmm. they were all at uni when they did it. I think oh, there's wow. like three or four of them, maybe even five. And they started this thing called the Halo Code. <clears throat> and it was basically a code that they would get organizations like companies to sign up to and it was basically like put in within their uniform policy or putting somewhere in their policy that they would never discriminate against people for their hair or that they like they're open to people who have want people to wear their hair however they want and even if they want to cover it for instance if you want to wear a hijab or whatever and I remember when Linklater's the law firm when they signed up to it I just thought it was really amazing because that's like a very corporate organization and I remember I wrote a little post about it on LinkedIn everyone was like oh my god I didn't know this was a thing I didn't know that people care about like you know that would ever discriminate against people for their hair like and I was just like it's crazy how just like you can be, have a lived experience and yeah. it's just not even on somebody else's radar. It's true. It's true. But yeah, shout out Dove. Yeah, I hope it um it lands well and how it's supposed to. Um so yeah, what it's else? It's very unproblematic. I don't think there's any way for it. Like there's nothing anybody could see wrong with that. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I, if, yeah, hopefully not anyway. Um what else is on your radar? So I wanted to talk about the Welcome Trust. So basically last week on LinkedIn, um, there was this post that went out about a job. Someone tweeted about a job. It was like a director of, I want to say, equality, diversity and inclusion at the Welcome Trust. And it was paying £211,000. Must be nice. Yeah. And I've never seen an EDI role at that kind of level before. Or maybe there is 
there are them, but they're not one where they advertise the salary mm. for sure. And I don't, I don't think I've even ever, there's, I haven't seen many chief equity whatever officers before, like chief level, C level. Yeah. yeah, it's like they they have the chief talent officer or the chief people officer, and then under that that person they have the person responsible for EDI. And everyone's just like, oh, that's a crazy number to have on an equality role, diversity role, like. And I've looked into it and I just think it's really interesting. So basically the Welcome Trust is essentially, it's a not-for-profit. They do like, they do funding. So they fund, they have a lot of money. I don't know from donors or wherever they get their money from. And they basically allocate that to different research projects. And in 2020, like all the other organizations, they were like, oh wait, are we racist? Like, are we institutionally racist? So they were like, we want to be an anti-racist organization. They made all the big statements and they said, we're going to review this. So then the review came out in August 2022. Oh, that's when they published it. And basically it said, yeah, this is very much still a racist organization. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's literally what the, what the review said. And the director, who's like, I guess the CEO of the trust, he came out and made like a really good statement. I said to you earlier, it is easily the best DNI statement I've ever read before in my life because it basically said yeah we said we were going to do this we haven't done it it's really bad we don't want to just talk we want to do and these are the things we're going to do and they were very tangible things so one of them was of course like getting this person in they said we're going to get a a, um we're going to get a very senior EDI person in and they said that person is not going to take responsibility away from the rest of the people on the board of doing the work Mm -hmm. but they're going to facilitate and they're going to challenge that's their role 211k to challenge me i challenge every day for free <laughs> where do i have my cv Did you have- <laughs> and then i actually think it makes sense as well um to you know you you say this is so important so pay the person like well well yeah. but there's been a bit of controversy because i can't remember what other role they're recruiting but because it's like a not-for-profit they have to be transparent about their salaries and stuff mm-hmm. and i think i can't remember what the other role was but it was another c-level role and it was paid i think 180 and everyone was like, you know, maybe like a more like normal role that you might see chief strategy officer, chief operating officer, something like that. And everyone was like, why is this role paid more than that role? And I was just like, if it was any other, if it was the CFO or the CPO, no one would be asking these questions. It's true. It's just because you think diversity is not actually that deep. Yeah. And people are questioning it. Of course, it. yeah. And they also made some other really good statements, which were like, or, or commitments. One of them was that they're going to implement positive action with the actual funding because obviously they, because they do medical research, they who you fund can make a big difference to communities and they have realized that um the way their funding is also racist like if you read the report the the the, some of the stuff in there is very damning like the um the director when he wrote the statement he said if you read this some of it's distressing basically people in their organization are less likely like black people or people of color in general they're more likely to be underpaid they're less likely to be promoted generally their experience is terrible and it's like a very well-known fact even mm. like their seniors have acknowledged it so they've said when it comes to funding um or if there's two proposals that are of similar merit they're going to give it to the one that has the best um that has a diversity lens or that is you know led by people of color and that what else did they say they're going to ring fence a certain amount of their funding towards um projects that are led by people of color wow 
I mean, I, I love the accountability. I, I, I've never seen something that accountable, but also I've never read a report that an organisation has published about themselves, which was them tearing their own single yeah, like they would, that. They would never, like a lot of companies would it's because never. Because they're non-profit, I think they have to have a certain amount of transparency. Mm. But any other organisation, they would never, never. publish it. If, if any if you can guys it's like just google welcome trust like diversity it will come up it's from august if you read it you'll see like it's very like they have they it was a proper report that they commissioned an investigation it's like reading an er <laughs> it's like reading er notes on the company and it's, it's very bad but i i like i like that they're they're trying they're doing something about it they said they want to be like anti-racist and they're just they're very much still racist they're not even <laughs> Not even that they're just not anti-racist; they're actually racist. <laughs> I mean, it's a start. They're institutionally racist. It's, it's a start. Acceptance, and then moving from that. Yeah, exactly. And I like there was a bit in the statement that he wrote, and he said, "Oh, we want to learn, uh, you know, how to identify microaggressions better and to understand their impact." And then he went on to say, "And even the word microaggression, I'm using it as it was used in the report, but." these things that's a very misleading way to describe it because microaggressions can have such a big impact on mm. people mm. and again like i've never seen it all of this you need to be taking note i don't want to see this oh we recognize that we have a long way to go and you know we're going to work together to come up with a plan to do a plan to do a plan in the future no this is what you need to be writing it's true just just say it mm. just say it and this way you've told us what you're going to do and all the accountability is out there in the open mm-hmm. like tangible things they can't not do it now well these companies will say in 2020 they released their statement on diversity mm. they all recruited their diversity officers and partners and they made them and redundant literally <laughs> literally and they're all part of the redundancies now like it's it's disgusting yes it's proper bad but yeah like if there was an organization to take note from not on the institutional racism element but that exists in most organizations of course so yeah i think thumbs up to them yeah and anyone who's thinking you know they might want to apply for that job shoot your shot for real go for it i this is going to sound very ignorant but like i just feel like a hundred k or 150k dei role and a 211k role they can't be that different <laughs> you may as well just go for it's it. It's true. Even if you think it's above your station, if you think it's not at your level, just go you for just it. Apply for it because if we don't, we know the people that are going to apply. And that's not who needs to <laughs> the be there. That, that have the most authority. <laughs> and that's not who needs to be there. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, love that for them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I want to talk about Eamon Holmes mm. I, do you know I used to love Eamon you know and he was unproblematic yeah because you know if you're in your your late 20s 30s you'll remember him from the why GM. do you remember him because you're not that age you're right I'm Jen said <laughs> but you know I, I have an older sibling yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. With you. but you'll remember him from like GMTV and stuff mm. and he was so like jolly and you know everyone was loved it, it, was he with his wife yes okay yeah yeah you know his wife's every, name. it's not Kate I don't know. I just know Richard and Judy. Oh, good times. Yeah. But yeah, so basically, um, Eamon Holmes has recently come out and said it's really hard at the moment to be uh, a white man, an old white man mm. in, well, in today's society, but he was specifically, yeah, yeah, he was specifically talking about TV because he has a radio show and he was saying they, um, they don't, 
they, that's not the audience he's bringing in is not the audience that they're looking for. They're mm-hmm. looking for a younger, more diverse audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they took him off of um this morning. Was it is it called this morning or I good morning so. now? But yeah, they replaced him with um Alison and Derma O'Leary. So you know, right who would there you, who then would you uh, watch? I love them too. Mm. They they're That's what I'm amazing. Saying. Yeah. So um he was talking about all these different things happening and just feeling just out of place mm. in Let's unpack it because I think it's a very wild statement. I think there's some some stuff that is of merit there, maybe around no, his age. No, no, no. Why? No. Because for a long time, um black people I will talk on because I'm black. <laughs> if you didn't know. But yeah, black people <laughs> black people is we it's not like in America. In America you you had your BT and you had all these different networks where you could see yourself reflected. Yeah, and there were lots of sitcoms like that came over, you know, the Mauritius, the Keenan and Kells, mm. etc. But what black people have done really well in the UK, I think, is used YouTube to their example to the point where now all of these ITVs and these BBCs, they're looking at you know, the Chunks, the Phillies, yeah. the Nella Roses, all the, even people like Lippy. Who would have thought somebody like Lippy Lickshot, if you know who that is, was going to be, <laughs> let's face, was going to be on, you know, all these different, like, mm. you know, content, big companies' content um, platforms. Like, so I feel like they've done a good job at creating their own, space. their own spaces and their own channels because mm. people didn't want to see them on mainstream TV. Mm. And, Eamon, you can do the same at your big age. You're a millionaire. And you have a network. Exactly. <laughs> you have network. You're a millionaire. You have the resource. You have the time. So you two can go and find your own Patreon, your own YouTube, your own TikTok. Do you know what? Yeah. And you can find your own space because there's still a market for you. Yeah. But don't go and complain and say it's difficult for you when you've been on you know TV like my a, whole life. No, do you know what I don't like about it? So when I say he, the way I say he had a point, I mean, it is harder for older people when like in, in media. There's only a certain number of like a handful of people that you can have as they're getting older and they're very endearing. Like, you know, Shout out David Attenborough. Like, do you get what I mean? David, <laughs> David Attenborough, my G. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? But there's only so many David Attenboroughs. And I, I think, yeah, that, that is sad. Do you know what I mean? But also I'm with you in terms of like, you how, how many other people, how many other groups have gone through the same thing that you've never spent the time to recognise or to create space for or to do any of that stuff? Now suddenly, after you've you've lived, a, you've had a good run a in, very in TV good and, yeah, long in TV and run. media. You've yeah. been on the TV, household name, been on the radio, and now your time is up, you're doing poor me. Like, but you never, have you ever taken a second to think about all those people whilst you you were having your glory days who didn't get the space because actually you were the inting, which was a younger white male. Now you're not necessarily in that bracket. It's not your time. And now suddenly, oh, wow, there's inequality. Honestly, it's just pure jealousy. That's how mm. I see it. It's just jealousy. Do you think he hates Dermot O'Leary? Probably a little bit. But you think he hates Alison? More. Yeah. <laughs> more he's he's this black woman with such a loud personality that's taken over she's so like she's so good like sometimes you forget she came from big brother i know i know she's really like love island people pay attention because she's really made a household name um allison stacy solomon any which which other reality tvs have made like you know sustainable careers for themselves 
Oh gosh, you've put me on the spot. But there, my, there are a my, few. My lean class to an extent before, not really now, but not my lean class. It's really okay. But she did for she. She became like this whole mummy. You know that was her. Yeah, that was her lane. I guess. Um, who else is there? That you know who's trying it now? Olivia Atwood. Yeah, no, she's doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, and um, Billy. Billy and Sam from The Only Ways Essex as well. They I do, yeah, yeah, they they do quite well as well. Um, but I mean, like making money off like not just being an influencer, like you know, yeah, no, they um they have a show. Mm. They have yeah, a show. That's yeah. yeah. So I I don't know who else, but it's it's not easy to do. So shout out Alison. Yeah, no, she's she's done fantastic. She just did the Baftas, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was behind the scenes or, you know but what? she yeah. did. Yeah, for Alison, I think it's you. Like we need to shout her out, like. She is a a woman, she's black, and she it's something we don't talk about often is like size and weight. Like mm, she's I think plus size. She's yeah. plus size she's a plus size woman. So even to be like a plus size woman and like be in that space and people don't always want to give you the time and a lot of the time as a woman, how you make your space or how people because you're you're beautiful and she is beautiful but i mean like the stereotypical like you know size whatever it is a and all of that kind of stuff but she didn't necessarily have that she is obviously very beautiful but she didn't have to necessarily fit in that box and i love that for her Mm, i love that too and just one more thing i just think it's really tone deaf as well that aiman said it's really hard to be an old white man like do you think it's it's only hard for you? But and the fact that he's just saying it as a millionaire and and a, and a healthy person, yeah. as an able person, as do you know what I mean? Like who's achieved so much? Mm. It's like you are so cheeky. No, aren't yeah, you? it is. And also, I wonder what part of that he feels is the problem because he's saying it's it's to be an older white male. What part of it does he think is giving a problem? Does he think that it's being a man that's hard? Does he think it's being a white person that's hard? Or does he realise that actually the only thing that has changed in his whole life it's now his is age. his age. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> literally. Being a white man is not is not is not causing you any is not doing anything bad for you. Like there's loads of white men. And also like someone should give him some of the messaging that like we get like as women or black people or whatever that like listen some of your, your mates are doing look at David Attenborough be like him it's true <laughs> maybe he feels a little bit nicer than you know a little bit more knowledge <laughs> literally then maybe you would last Gross. a bit longer that's, that's what I'm saying I don't know any who are the other older kind of white men apart from Bruce and um, David, Attenborough. David Attenborough I feel like there's a few there's like look at um, I mean she's she's not really a a presenter or whatever but um mary berry like there's a lot of old people yeah, yeah, around yeah. like yeah, yeah, no, still do she's fly like still doing their their thing somehow some way like yeah. there's an audience there's still people who look for those people yeah. to, to hear from them and also go to another radio station there are like there are radio stations who have that audience and who there are loads of people that that like he's just like start a YouTube channel, start a podcast. No, start a podcast. It's true. It's true. What do you want to do? Come to Capital Extra. What? Where do you want to go? <laughs> do you know who we should put in the? In, you know who we should put in that bracket with him? Tim Westwood. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But Tim Westwood is in the sixties, so. Yeah, yeah, so is Eamon. Oh no, are we putting Tim Westwood in? That is so sad that he's in the small list of successful uh, that you know household older well, white men. Anyway, we won't talk too much on Tim Westwood because he, he still he still needs to answer for his crimes. So. Yeah, he will never do though. No, he never will. But yeah, so that that's my um, my rant on Eamon Holmes. It's not yet. Yeah. 
the last thing I wanted to talk about was football. We're back in our football. Our football bag. Our football bag. Yeah, so we're talking about at the beginning of the podcast, actually. But um, so this week, or last week, there was um, an incident at an Arsenal game where basically one of the referees made like a poor decision. So for those of you who don't watch football... Um, Look at Lola, actually some... You for know. those of you not like me, who like... Not, not football pundits um so basically now in referee now in football you have referees on the pitch mm. the ones that run up and down in the shorts and then um if there's like a call which they're not sure about then they can go to like the video assist assistant referee and that's a guy who has the screen and the instant replay and basically if there's like an offside you basically, Bar. pardon var yeah var mm. and um basically if there's like an like an offside call and it's like close you can basically play the replay and you draw a line and then the line says if it's offside or not so during an arsenal game sorry can i just say people who watch football who are going to hear this i'm going to laugh oh god tell me like, if i'm wrong <laughs> they're just going to be like get to it it's, it's we have to, this, is, this is an inclusive podcast. it's true it's true anyway so and it's relevant so basically your one of your the biggest parts of that is to draw the line <laughs> <laughs> and he made a mistake in that he made a call without drawing the line and it was the wrong call but if he had put the line in he would have it was the wrong call and basically that meant that one of the goals was allowed which wouldn't have been allowed and rather than Arsenal winning 1-0 they drew one all and Arsenal like that made a, it had a big impact for their place and like um in the league and stuff and so everybody like a lot of Arsenal fans were like this is unacceptable it's not the first time that has happened or like even this season or that this particular referee mm-hmm. has caused issues so then a couple of days later this guy has been a referee for a long time he used to be an on-pitch referee then it became var and then just like just like that it felt like he was just gone like they were saying he got fired but obviously he was re- he actually resigned i don't think they would have fired him that quickly and i it just got me thinking like in certain industries or certain things do you get less grace to do what you do because if you were like and if he was like an employee in a normal situation would he have been like as would it have been so bad would would everyone be expecting him to resign or to be fired referees are actually self-employed but you know to be fired or is it the fact that like there's been one or two things and it just got a bit too much I just think the tolerance in football in general is very low for all of the referees, for managers, for players. Like the the tolerance is just so low because the end game is to win. Like Chelsea, how many times have Chelsea have had so many managers in the short space of time? Like you'll see one and then they've been sacked. Mm. You'll see managers get sacked all the time really quickly because it's like if you're not winning then I, I think, you need to go. Yeah, I just think it's very short-sighted. Not for this particular guy, because my understanding is it's actually not very good. Um, and actually, even I was doing a lot of research, and even in like the refereeing circles, like, you know, you know, you know, like, <laughs> that one person in the office, or everyone, knows. Like, everyone knows it's really not hitting, <laughs> and you don't know why they're still there. <laughs> you don't know, like, why have you already been like, fired? Oh, they exactly. passed probation. Oh, yeah, okay. Exactly. You're like, oh, you must be friends with the boss or something, right? <laughs> so it's given that. But, like, if you actually watch, like, football... The only people they have real tolerance for is players. Obviously, they're like the money makers, the showstoppers. They can make mistakes all day. With managers, referees or whatever, as soon as they're making a mistake, it's like they're ready to be like, they're like this person out, this person out. And it's like, 
they need to just learn to like they need to take some HR principles about like okay this person is not no before. no no they yes. need to win they don't look with at, that look being at our, said look at Arteta uh, yeah Arteta is a great example so of, he's the Arsenal manager yeah and his first couple seasons were not it yeah but he needed time to season to get to know the you know the players for them to learn his style for him to actually have time to coach them and develop them especially when they were essentially underperforming right so. Like and now they're flying. If they had actually fired, but him, can I can I just say it's because Arsenal don't like to spend money. So if they sack Arteta, a lot of they don't have, like to spend money. But but Arsenal have a lot of the football teams who actually make a lot of money. They mm. do not like to spend money, yeah. and I feel like that's one of the reasons why. <laughs> not like Man City. Man yeah, spend money exactly. And Pep is actually good at his his job. And Arteta came from side aside i'm so sorry my friend recently got married and at her bridal shower one of the questions was who's your celebrity crush and she put i think he's handsome i'm not laughing with you i'm sorry but yes he's handsome but he cannot be your celebrity crush why not oh my god we've digressed but sorry completely unacceptable answer pep is handsome he is handsome but yeah. he cannot be your celebrity crush we're gonna anyone who watches this video podcast we're gonna put a picture of pep on the screen <laughs> he is a very handsome man you know if he's if he's married if he's got a partner, he's a very lucky person but he's not given celebrity crush oh god but anyway yeah so arteta like, but yeah arteta came from um pep mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, like yeah. you do you know what i mean so i feel like that's Good another coaching. reason yeah and they like, think about why? Itself, so yeah so i feel like all of that stuff helps but i feel yeah I just think the tolerance is low in sports in general. Well, in, is it are there other industries where it's quite low as well? I, feel I like think banking. sales. Oh, okay, but I agree. Yeah, I've I've worked as a HR person in sales Same. environment and. Pip. Yeah, it's literally, and, and it ain't even a real pip because they don't want to improve your performance. Literally. They just want you gone. All they speak is numbers. If you are yeah. not hitting what they need you to hit those targets, they want you out. But they don't want to work with you. They want you gone. But do you know what? I think that's exactly the same as here because, like, with football, because I worked in a sales environment, and a lot of the people that were senior, when you look back at their history, when it was like it was a smaller company and it grew, they were in the business for like maybe a year or 18 months before they really hit their stride now when you're a salesperson and you come in this was a recruitment business but now when you're a salesperson when you come in they expect you to be like profitable in like six months or three Mm. months so the people who are now expecting you to be pam 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 they were they didn't even hit like that so it's like there, there is definitely something about giving people time to season this is not the referee he was very seasoned right he was just not doing as well but in certain industries like it's like it's not acceptable to make mistakes i agree like, i agree yeah even if, even if the people before you made mistakes yeah and you see you see it in the um the responses and reactions from those employees who do make the mistakes mm. like it's horrible to see like the stress they're scared yeah they're scared they're like, so fearful tears. exactly exactly but that's like you know we was talking about Saka at the beginning like with the euros when it happened it's such a if you miss one penalty and then now they're talking about oh yeah he's got a history of penalties like you don't like you you just you can never forget the mistakes that you made or like they're just in this low tolerance environments i think in banking as well i think definitely that's quite like in like client facing banking i mm. think it's quite cutthroat as well it's mm. like hey well numbers dominated things and i guess football is a numbers dominated thing yeah it's yeah. all about points and goal difference and all this stuff like yeah do you think it's the same in like i don't want other sports but do you think it's the same in like rugby no idea but not no global sport is like 
or even MBA. I feel like they don't find managers like that. No, I don't think so. American football, they don't even know what they're doing. Like, I don't think they find managers like that. That's true. I don't know. I can't speak on those sports. I feel like, yeah, they. we just need to have more patience yeah. sometimes when it comes to like either making mistakes or settling in. Yeah, I could. I would be such a good manager. You'd have to give me a lot of time to season. I say that as well. I think I'd be a really good football manager. Okay, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd be really. You would good. like literally be like strategy. Wouldn't be emotional. You know, like you know. Obviously, it's mainly men that watch football. Obviously, women watch football too. But like, they like to act like women are very emotional. But I think the most the most emotional type of person is the football fan. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> And like for like I think I would go in, I would be very like logical, I would do analysis, analyze but I would be like Arteta. Give me some time, I'll get us there. Yeah, you can listen think, to me as well. Yeah, no, I think I'd be And really if you don't good. now I'll make you I'll make you leave. But in a nice way. Yeah, like you yeah, talk like, to them. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, like not. everything would run smoothly. No one's gonna run to Piers Morgan and start talking, you know. To me, sometimes you can't control those people. <laughs> um so yeah do you know what we haven't introduced ourselves oh my gosh hi my name's lola but you can call me lola if you like hi my name's lisa and you can call me vels if you want and this is the everybody hates hr pod episode 34 hi bye (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i i really really wanted to talk a little bit this episode about being in HR and partnering mm. with different stakeholders and just key partners around the business and how you build those relationships and how you nurture those relationships and what to do when those relationships aren't working. Mm. Yeah. I think, who are the key kind of stakeholders that, obviously besides like line managers, who are the key stakeholders that HR usually has? So, um, legal is a key one. Mm. They, yeah, depending on the company. So, like, yeah. I've worked at companies where there's no legal and mm. you either go external or you, you're just a heavy risk taker. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, or, and I've worked in companies where I legal is, like, my best friend. Do you know what the hardest, some of the hardest companies to work in, the one where there is a legal person but not an employment lawyer? Oh, because yeah. Because they'll, they'll be telling you to go to legal and it's like, you don't know this. <laughs> I've been there. And they're, they're like intelligent property. From their, from, their, from their one module that they did at university like 20 years ago, they're trying to, they're trying to school you. Like, that is actually so frustrating. No, we're not going to do this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they would be a key partner. Um, finance. Yeah, finance, always. Yeah, it's a key partner. Who else is a key partner? Um, marketing to an extent around employer brand stuff, especially in a small. That's like my worst part of like HR, like getting involved in is the I employer. Love that brand. Stuff. Oh, that's not for me. You know at me, all. I'm like a LinkedIn mogul. Yeah, like, no, I love it's not all that stuff. Me. Like, because um, what I really want to do, they they're not ready for it. When I start using Coyle Ray's version with Premier like, Gallo, the <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they need, though. Exactly, they're but they, they're it. not ready for it. So. Yeah um yeah so marketing and then obviously just ops like the coo or sometimes you have like a like chief of staff function or whatever mm. um yeah and who else oh for like facilities i don't know why sometimes they feel like that's hr responsibility yeah um yeah and compliance if you have a compliance function yeah i guess legal and compliance is kind of 
together. Yeah, true. Risk, legal risk, true. compliance. True, true. Forensics. I've never worked in a company that had a forensics team. Sorry, I'm not on your level, not yet. Whatever. You're like big, like you're big company. I'm small company. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? true. I'm like, I've been, worked in big companies, but it's not my, it's not my, it's not my bag. Yeah, no, I prefer big companies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so how do you build and nurture these partnerships? Um, I think it just depends on who, like realistically, some of the partners don't want to be nurtured in it. So I think what I always found to be helpful is like meeting people properly face to face. I think, I think I said that last week, the first time I meet someone or at some point I want to get like early on, I want to get a face to face meeting with them, actually introduce myself, um, credentialize myself. If that's a word, be like, you know have your story have your pitch ready about who you are not in a really salesy way but when you like I as a consultant now I've gotten very good at like t- explaining my experience in a way that makes people think oh really you know like when you go in there and then you just say oh I've worked in HR like do you know what I mean it's, it's, not, yeah, it's not giving it does, yeah but I think if people think that you know your stuff then I think that helps. So the very first thing that they ask me to do, I'll make sure that I absolutely smash it. I smash everything, but I will overdo. Mm. You told me that you make one slide, that slide, you're never going to see the slide. <laughs> like it, one slide for your deck, what? You'll never have seen a slide that it will embarrass the other slides in the deck. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I think that helps to like give yourself a strong introduction mm-hmm. and understand what they do. Yeah, I think that's a, a big one. I think understanding what they do and them understanding what you do as well I feel like also both sides should be able to speak in a not colloquial but just in a in a casual yeah yeah, candid way where you can have those open and transparent conversations with each other so that you understand the goal that needs to be Mm. met because one thing I found um working with um legal for example even just working in tech in general um just just too much lawyer speech or mm. even when I've worked with like engineers and stuff and they're just talking too technical to me mm. you're not gonna get the best out of me because mm. I can follow you but and you won't get the best out of them so when you're talking to yeah. a finance person and you're talking like in HR terms which they might not necessarily understand then again you might just lose them along the way and they might just like tune out yeah exactly so I think it helps to just find a common language and speak that way to get to whatever goal it is you need to get to but um I've also been in situations where I'm frustrated because that's not happening and I feel like I'm going round in Mm. circles I feel like I'm over communicating Mm. and it's not doing anything to the point where I'm like have I gone South London now? Yeah, have yeah, I overstepped yeah. a mark? Because, yeah. you know, like, I feel like I'm, I'm not somebody at work who tr- who um, likes to be too firm with people. Oh, because, that's, that's because no, because I feel like are you if you're hearing me, you're hearing me. When I have to be firm, just know, anyone that I've had to be firm with, just know that you've, you're, you were just... Pushed me too. Yeah, you've pushed me <laughs> really, really far, like, over the edge, and that's yeah. why I was firm with you, because now I just feel like you're a bit dense. I'll, I'll move with... Um, I'll move with how they are, because some people, they... Ha- 
like it's about respect as well not respect for me but respect for the function yeah. and if you don't respect HR as a function it will come out in the communications that we have 100% with each other. Yeah. so you can see that some people don't and sometimes you just need to explain to people and sometimes you need to make them feel like you need to make them feel how they look which is stupid and you need to say well if we did it that way this is the consequence you can say it nicely then if they don't get it you can say well this is what could happen and this is why it could be bad and yeah. did you think about that and yeah. they, they know that they didn't think about it and they can see the value then that you add mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm fine to be firm with people especially like you see how probably in a bigger um company you probably have more interaction with legal but mm-hmm. in a smaller company you'll have more interaction with finance and sometimes finance can be the gatekeepers of what you need because everything that like sometimes if even if you're in hr you might depending on the side of the business you might report into the c fo mm-hmm. or like there's some sort of dotted Connection, line there, yeah which is just the worst dotted like if you can sever that <laughs> because it's just it's just nonsense but you know sometimes you have to do that with finance and people who work in finance sometimes um they don't necessarily because it's very numerical you know it's very logical it's numbers it's accruals all that kind of stuff they don't necessarily have an appreciation for hr they just think it's like either admin or fluff or touchy-feely fluffy stuff mm. so if you can like with those people i definitely think sometimes you need to be firm and when they can be dismissive which you you can experience sometimes you need to explain to them why they can't dismiss this and what the risk is like talking their language because finance people they can understand risk especially when you quantify it when you're when they're saying oh just doesn't matter just do this and then you say well the potential risk is x and then they start thinking hmm if that number hits the books people are going to be looking at them sideways Mm. suddenly they can start to understand where you're coming from that's true that's true when i worked in a smaller company um i had to work with finance a lot Mm -hmm. and there was just one gossip on that team and she'd always come over whenever there was like a settlement agreement or something she'll be like oh i saw what so-and-so got which can you believe it and it's like they're trying to like, and sometimes they're like fishing for like what happened because they don't know what happened exactly they might know the number. exactly and i'm just thinking can you go after your job please like can you actually process this because i need this done before <laughs> xyz happens do you know what i mean i i worked in a company where like you know when you do a settlement and then obviously you're not the one who makes the payment it's mm-hmm. finance to make the payment mm-hmm. and then it's all done told finance to make the payment and then maybe like Two days after the money was supposed to drop, I get an email from the employee saying, "Why haven't like they haven't received the money?" And I'm literally on the fact that you had one job, <laughs> you had like you know, that's the kind of thing that, but it's just not it's just not on their radar. Yeah. Month end, yeah. you get to and you get to. I'm yeah. like, no, like this is not something that you yeah. can mess up. They don't think about it in the same way that I just we don't do. Think, sometimes I don't think it's as important. But when you get a good like a legal or a finance person who really gets it, mm, it makes yeah. your job so much easier. Oh, or gosh. if they know they don't get it, that's even better. To talk to a lawyer, yeah. they just let you just go and speak to an employment lawyer externally or something like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I there was I had one legal partner who I really, really, really liked because he just got it. Like I could, do you know, he I felt like a lawyer because I could just go to him mm. with, I could propose something of what I wanted to do and the risk that I wanted to take, and he he was just like a sounding board yeah, it was like validated. Yeah, yeah he was like yeah no i i agree with your approach this is fine or mm, we could do it but there's potential for this to happen what what do you think about this mm. and we would have a healthy discussion about as it peers. as peers yeah. i feel like a lot of the time with um legal in particular sometimes it does feel like 
you're not peers mm. or it doesn't feel they're your advisor but sometimes it doesn't feel mm. like they're an advisor yeah. it feels like they're a decision maker yeah but you're not the you're business not. is the decision maker yeah i'm trying to get help you you need to help me yeah. get to what the the business want because yeah. they're the decision maker so if that thing is they want this person out even if I don't want them out, we need to come up with the options. We, yeah, for them. we need to come up with the best option possible to get them out. If we need to follow a pit process because you know they've got more than two years, for mm-hmm. example, okay, that's cool. But what happens when the pip is done? Like, what can I do, kind yeah. of thing? And I feel like um, it's great when you can have those honest, healthy conversations, especially with a partner like Legal, where it's not safe to always write things down and email it's just best to just have that conversation so when you have it it is it is good yeah yeah I definitely I have um I have a a contact who used to be um at a law firm she's works in HR she's head of HR and she used to work at a law firm and now she works at an accounting firm and she was basically saying like it's completely different because Mm. when you work with accountants they don't assume that they know more than you but she said when you uh, when you work with lawyers even though they're not employment lawyers they still you can't advise like you don't have the space to advise Mm -hmm. and I think one of the best things about HR working in HR is that we didn't have to go to law school but we still get to it's true we still <laughs> we get, still get, get to, to give legal advice <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get, but and, and that's where like you can really come into your own like today yeah. um, have you ever just been talking and you think mm, I, I know it, yeah. I smashed it I had one of those moments today where somebody had said something and I was like oh I don't know I flagged the risk that they hadn't thought about it was with the business with the business and then I was just I just went off and I explained it and I you know you just like you just sit there and internally you have your internal yeah, dialogue like, like yeah. girl yeah. yes like, tell them and you can just see them like they were just impressed and I was like yeah mic drop it was so good but you don't get to do that when you work with lawyers. it's true it's you true don't get to you work with like yeah lawyers who think they know everything it's true it's even true. if they don't <laughs> Working with the, I'm telling you, it's such a soul destroying thing having to check something with an employment lawyer. Oh. I mean, someone with a commercial lawyer who is, um, who's on employment law. That and was the school company. Yeah. And they're googling. I, I've already googled. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget. I was so, I was relatively new in HR. Um, I was a H. I think I just got promoted to HR advisor, and it was like my first proper. Um, grievance that had come to me mm-hmm. and they made me go to the intellectual property lawyer it's <laughs> <laughs> the blind leading the blind honestly because why they send you there to get advice on like how to best you know lay out this this grievance and and how to re- best investigate it and that's, stuff that's a, that's a damn shame and i just remember i feel like she was like just like yeah i would be like so yeah i think i should do this she's like, yeah, sounds great yeah yeah, yeah great yeah go on yeah yeah that's fine yeah and in um, hindsight you realize yeah when i think about it i'm like she didn't Not know anything <laughs> like she was just hoping that i knew yeah the basics of it and it sounded literally sounded good enough literally she had not a clue <laughs> yeah but like she probably is just happy that you you proposed something sensible because what the hell was she gonna do if you didn't i can't believe they did anyway that company intellectual property that's actually very that, no that's actually very less literally like what what can she possibly have to offer me that just got made advisor just completed cipd <laughs> no it's actually no it's 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 so wild 
But yeah, it is hard sometimes to partner. Like, but when you have like a good partner, you know, when you just have like a good stakeholder and you just like talking to them. Mm. Like, and you like, you're like, okay, I'm going to run this past Jerry or whatever. And you're like, Jerry is going to like, you know, tell you if what you're saying is dumb. But if it's not, and it's probably not, they're going to be like, yeah, this is a good idea. And you'll feel better that you spoke to Jerry about yeah. it. That's what a good partner is about. Yeah. Or like flagging stuff that you haven't thought about or building on your ideas or stuff like that. People that build us up and not tear us down. Basically, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's what you need, mm. basically. But those are hard to find. I think it depends, you know, like... Yeah, I know they are. I think they're hard to find. I think as you get more solid and you grow in your career, they become easier... To, it becomes easier to kind of... Um, create those partnerships mm. but i and think to educate exactly yeah. but i feel like before that they they are hard to find yeah because it sounds it, it's not it's more of a developmental conversation rather is. than a it's like coaching it's like exactly coaching. exactly yeah. exactly that's what it is and i think when you're more senior it's easier because you can recognize people's expertise and also recognize your own gaps better mm-hmm. like when you're more junior and you're really just looking for like the answer and you're working with some like even lawyers don't always have to answer like it's all about applying employment law principles a lot of the time like it's not always black and white and you no. need to be able to do that thinking and also if you do work with external lawyers what i always do because i've always i've always i've mainly worked with companies that have no budget or like very minimal budget or it's like a sign of your budget when you need it i always write the advice and i send them send it to them what i'm proposing to do mm. like whereas if you're junior and they give you you just say give me a letter yeah and the way law firms will hammer i've, I've worked in professional services so i know they get the associate you get this person to review then it goes to the partner they're spending time writing a letter that you could have written yourself and they could have just tweaked it it's true and for half the price true. and then your budget's gone and you begging again you imagine i know you're thinking the bloody ghetto isn't it <laughs> no no i've been there i've been there i've been there with the they, they didn't even let us use external lawyers they made me call acas i remember ACAS is <laughs> the i mean acas has a place acas has a place but from an employer's perspective yeah, i yeah. actually think it's the worst it is they do nothing but early conciliation like there's no benefit like you can't call, at all you can't what is good to call acas is to understand exactly what they would have told an employee so if you ever mm. think okay an employee what would acas say because obviously you know it's just good to know but in terms of advising they're supposed to be impartial and i think they are impartial but they're in yeah, both they're directions employee, they're very employee friendly like that's yeah the, yeah they are employee friendly but they're kind of useless both ways they don't really give and even for employees they don't give you're better off going to citizens advice that's true that's true anyone who works for acas tell us if we're if we're wrong. yeah if we're being mean yeah I wanted to volunteer at Citizens Advice before because I thought it would be good to like from an employment perspective. Mm. But you know, they when I had a same thing happened to my friend actually. But when I tried to volunteer, they said that you have to give a minimum of like six months commitment for like two days a week. That's too long. Not even one day. Yeah, that's too long. And I just said, no, I'm just it's too much of a commitment. I feel like I'm in a relationship with you. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I think partnerships are, yeah, they're an interesting one. I just wanted to bring it up because I am having various experiences <laughs> <laughs> with different partners, and I just thought it would be a good one to talk about. On the yeah, it's not it's not pod. easy. It's not easy, and it's like you have to find 
the right style for everybody. It's literally like a partnership. Like it's literally like being in a relationship, trying to find the style that works for both of you, how to communicate. The only other thing I would say is if you're having a really terrible time and you're really struggling to communicate with a partner in your like business or something like that more time they will also feel it and they will also know so I always like I'm a big fan of the ways of working conversation it can be used in so many different ways but like and I'm not like I'm not a confrontational person but I'm not afraid of confrontation so if I have to be like look there's obviously something going on here I feel like the way we're working is not like it's not it's just not working very well I feel like we could work better together and I feel like you know I could get more and you could get more we could just I'm happy to say that I'll send an email and I'll say oh can we have a ways of working conversation go have that meeting and say okay so like if I have a if I have a query how do you want me to bring it to yeah. you do you want me to draft it before like do you want me to you know bring it to you and this what kind of backing information do you need when you have a challenge this is how it might be better to communicate it with me because a lot of the time we just shy away from it like I'm having a terrible time they're having a terrible time and we're both pretending that you know we don't hate working with each other yeah no I definitely agree with that um I'm like new where I am so I I'm, I'm, it's actually tomorrow that I'm doing it a presentation on ways of working oh lovely yeah to do with um the different partners and I've created different scenarios um for us to go through so that mm-hmm. we can with the team so that we can actually um discuss like what would we do in this situation mm-hmm. and what they would do in this situation to see how aligned we are and Mm -hmm. if we need to like adjust and adapt so I definitely agree with you on that I wrote some training recently and you know who really wrote it for me not chat gpt some scenario based training some scenario based questions and then i was like struggling that like, i wouldn't to give answers to the questions and i just put the question back into chat to you and it spits right you answer. need to stop mentioning chat gpt unless they're gone yes <laughs> unless they're gonna do someone, something someone for you commented on instagram and said that um i think they commented today and they were like oh chat me tpt yeah mind yeah. blown and i asked them if they'd ever used it before they said no and they just found out from pod it's changing their life but then that was that's it that's all the free promo that they get yeah that's it they've you've, oh you've but the only enough. thing i would say is that last week i said it was free and they have as of last week it's never been monetized oh is it yeah so basically there's like a free basic bitch version and then there's, a, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a plus version now and so basically when the website is like when there's a lot of traffic if you have the free one they'll block you out and then they'll give priority to oh that really 20 dollars a month wow so you can't be gen pop and think you're gonna have access exactly you might it happened to me i thought i I had done some stuff and i thought let me go back in there and get it nope blocked out four hours everything's about status now even um meta you can pay for verification now can't you on instagram can you imagine i'm disappointed that zuck is following elon like he's doing a lot have you seen the gifts in the comments as well i saw that i don't like it at all i saw that it's like wow like when did that happen i remember it's like this is really the fall of like facebook or meta or whatever like they used to be innovators now they're they're trying they're trying they're holding on for dear life now you're just copying like literally write your own 16 like what is this you, we what? know they don't do that they yeah. co- they've been copying from day what are you talking about Did they, they copy like reels was because of yeah, tiktok it's true, it's true. like everything they Stories do was because yeah of Snapchat. exactly they've been copying what are you yeah, talking about literally yeah bar for bar all the time they bought whatsapp because they couldn't copy it good enough no one literally, wanted to use facebook messenger literally i'm sure we'll we'll see something else that will be based on portals basically skype 
Yeah, it's true. I do, I've got a portal and I do love it. Is it good? Like, do you have to use Facebook to call? No, it's great. You can use it for Zoom calls. Um, you can use it for this WhatsApp. This is true. It is true, <laughs> but it is, it is good. I do I do enjoy using. Is it like portal. a video thing, like the one you have in the office? Yeah, but you can. It's basically a, like a, a slash tablet as well. So like sometimes oh, is there a camera on top of your TV or something? On top of the portal. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, like the okay. it's, there's a screen on the portal, so you can use it wherever. And you can plug it into your TV. If you want, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, they're copying bar for bar. It's actually very embarrassing. Mm, what's new? It's very embarrassing. The last thing, last, last, last thing I'll say, just because we got into Elon, apparently some, some is, I'm not even going to talk about it too long, but some employees at Tesla, did you hear? They tried to form a union and he fired them. Yeah. <laughs> he is such a bad guy. He's such a bad guy. You know, apparently there was like 30 of them got caught trying to form a union. And he said, no. Goodbye. <laughs> and then, but then to be fair, there was reports that they denied that's why they fired them. It just so happens that it was the uh-huh. 30 people that were trying to form yeah. a union that then got fired. Uh huh. I'm sure their lips have been sealed with money. I don't think they, even, I don't think they, I don't think they pay people off in Twitter and Tesla. You don't think so? All these people that are dragging them on the internet. Yeah, no, no, it's way. true. It's true. There's no it's way. True. I think they're American as well. Damn. So Yeah. Were they American? Do they have un- yeah, they do have unions, but imagine trying to form a union. It's giving UK government and now you're being fired. What can we do? Yeah. Actually I lied. I said one I said one more. Oh, you got another thing. One more. So last week we spoke about that um I mentioned that woman Ash. I didn't say her name, but mm-hmm. she was the one I said is really good with like she speaks about unions and stuff. Uh-huh. The only to log onto Twitter and see her talking rubbish about she was basically saying, you know, like there was this um, trans woman that was that was killed, and people were using the thing say her name, and obviously oh, that's what they made for, for black women for black women because obviously they're more more likely to be like not um, uh-huh, uh-huh. like recognizing or like shouted out or whatever or like paid attention to in general mm-hmm. and then somebody had said like it, it's not appropriate like if this is a tragedy and we should you know it's a it's a different movement like we shouldn't detract from that and then she basically came and said she quote tweeted and said all of this identity politics we just need to come together like we should how can she how can she say identity she called po- it identity politics and then she said that basically we shouldn't be fighting over who can use which slogan or whatever and you know we should just come together and i just thought it was so tone deaf because obviously the whole reason it's there is because there's all these black women that are getting killed or getting missing but no one even knows their name they haven't like it's literally there for a reason it's not just because we want to have a cool slogan like people are literally mm. dying um so yeah she came out i just was so disappointed in her yeah identity politics she called it identity politics like you can't I, like I can't do identity politics. Like I'm literally black. Like that's it. That's what it is. Like that, it's not identity politics. But yeah. So she's good at the union stuff. But that's it. That was very disappointing for me. She'll have to really do something to redeem herself. On that note, um, last week we said we had like a question and it was about yeah if people have used chat gpt and we also asked people to leave reviews and we've had like more reviews on spotify now and it's really cool and like more followers on youtube so we appreciate all of that i'm gonna put the question i'm gonna put on this week's spotify upload is do people prefer watching it on video or audio because Mm -hmm. it's like the way it loads is different so i don't want to have want people to have like 
a compromised experience because you can always watch it on YouTube in, mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm going to put that question there. So let us know how you prefer to watch it if you're on Spotify. And if you're not, like, just engage with us on every single platform. That We appreciate you. Yes, we do. Thank you. That's a wrap, guys. Bye. Bye.